Hello and welcome to the Body Surf Podcast with your budgie boys, Tim and Owie, hydrated by Hairy Man Brewery, and we have a huge episode for you today. How you doing, Owie? Yeah, good, Tim. Feels like I haven't seen you in a week. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a minute, as they say. <laughs> it's been a, a New York minute, which is seven seconds. Everything's so quick over there. Isn't it a... Yeah, I've, I've got a client that says, in a New York second, and I'm like, mm, Ooh, don't know if that's right. <laughs> It could be a saying. I've never heard it. New York Minute. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's seven seconds. There was right? a very famous film called New York Minute and it starred the Olsen twins. Mm. I don't know what it was about. <laughs> it's weird. Sometimes they played sisters and mm. sometimes they didn't. Where are they now though? They're like fashion designers. Okay. Do you know their most famous role is in that sitcom Full House? Yeah. Bob Saget was the dad. But only one at like... The twins played one character because of, of child labour laws. Yeah. So they would just sub out. Mm. But they they both got the credit. It's weird. Like, it's it's two people doing one kid's job. Well, it's it's amazing to, to think that Lindsay Lohan only got one paycheck for her <laughs> role in... <laughs> I did set thought What's she was a twin. What's that movie called? It was called The Parent Trap. Parent Trap, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I was. I dead set thought she was a twin. Yeah, that she, was because like that technology was pretty new to mm. do that sort of stuff. Obviously, they've done stuff with uh, where you have a double, mm. so you can do the two shot with a double, but then you can also do you, you do the shot twice and you sort of act the scene twice. But she did a very good job, mm. and I'm surprised she didn't go on to be a, a bigger name in acting. Mm. I know she's she's quite famous for for other stuff, but uh, hasn't made a film in a while. Nah, and why would you? <laughs> because but, uh, <laughs> film's dead. Uh, you make a good point, though. Like the Olsen twins are twins doing one person's job. Lindsay Lohan, one person doing two people. I'll tell you who else was quite good Macaulay Culkin back mm. in the day. Because apparently he could only work for five hours a day on the set of Home Alone. Mm. And, uh, you know, they'd do five hours, he would have a nap. And then oh, that, really? they'd wake him up. I think he just slept on the floor. Other people would do scenes. Yeah. If you watch that movie, there's a lot of just shots of him by himself. So they would do the other characters and then they'd come back and mm. do the pickups later. But yeah, he would just have a sleep on the floor. Again, like a young kid working mm. and pretty good actor yeah. who did not go on to do much. Nah. Well, I, now, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I really, really... Someone someone out there is listening to... The, we've got people in the industry yeah. listening to this podcast. That's now, true. I, I put this towards you, the listener. Home Alone... <laughs> The same cast, right? But the age they are now. <laughs> exactly the same movie, but it's a dark comedy. Mm. Really dark. Yeah. Is that not the best idea for a, a remake ever? Because remakes are the thing these days. They make it, they're remaking everything. Yeah. Remake Home Alone with the same cast. The issue with Home Alone is technology has progressed so much. So you can't really leave a kid at home. You'd be able to get in touch with them. You'd be able to get back yeah. quickly. You could put the kid on an Uber, mm. get him out to wherever you, you are. So the movie would be over very quickly. I'm at home. Okay, we'll see you in five. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. Back then. Catch an Uber. Yeah. They went to a different country. <laughs> yeah, all, I don't know. It's crazy. But the, the best thing about that movie, besides uh, a very small character uh, played by John Candy... I believe all the cast is still alive, so yeah. you could do it. And to make it dark would be hilarious. That would be so good. Even do it as like a 
uh, a Netflix. Well, they're short, re- short series. I, I believe Disney now has the rights and are recreating, making new versions of the movies for their streaming service, mm. Disney Plus. So there's going to be a new generation of Home Alones, and I'm interested mm. to see how they do it again with with phones and everything. Mm. So how can they make up a plausible reason for a kid to be left at home alone? Mm. They made Home Alone three, which was quite good because the kid was just homesick. Yeah. And things were happening in the neighborhood. Mm. And so that sort of made sense to me. Although, again, the kid should have just told someone. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like the idea of making maybe, yeah, maybe a Netflix or a uh, Disney Plus series because they've done it with um, Karate Kid. They did yeah. Cro- Cobra Kai, same, oh. same cast. And they're so, just older. Really? Yeah, it's the same cast, same, <laughs> same actors. So, what's his name? Who is the Karate Kid? Oh, I can't remember what his name oh. is. Daniel. Daniel's son. Yeah, but who's the actor that plays I don't, Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> yeah. He's Someone's screaming at the, yeah, at the yeah, radio yeah. right he now. He was on like Dancing with the Stars yeah. and stuff. Dancing with the Blisters. Ma- Ma- Machio. <laughs> yeah, Ralph Machio. Yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, he's in this new Netflix show. Yeah! Wow! Yeah, it's the same the same actors. It's amazing. That's why, I, like, I thought of that. I'm like, what other movie could you do? Home Alone <laughs> writes itself. What's your favorite Karate Kid? Uh, oh, number one's a classic. Yeah. You, you can't get past number one. And Although one, two, and three, all good. Well, three is Hillary Swank, isn't it? Mm. And uh, but who who was the uh, the trainer? Wax on. Yeah, that guy was great. Yeah, is I he, don't, can't remember his name either. Is he in the new Netflix show? It'd be about a hundred. Uh, no, I think he's dead. Yeah, he's pretty old. <laughs> I actually haven't. I've seen the first episode of it, but this apparently the series is quite good. Oh, cool! Our good friend Jackie Mackey put me onto it. Oh, yeah, he's good. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's got good ratings too. Wow! One thing I will say about Macaulay Culkin, mm. though, he tweeted the other day, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, you guys, if you want to feel old, yeah. I'm 40. Yeah. You're like, "Nah, mate." Well, and I, he is. I I tweeted back. I go, "No, that seems about right." <laughs> Uh, we're 30. Like, that movie came out before I was born. Yeah, it was 90. I think it was uh, yeah, 89 or something. 89? Or maybe 90. I don't know. Gee whiz, Timmy. I don't think it was 89. I, I'm thinking that's that's a 93 type of film. <laughs> I loved Home Alone too. That was my favourite with uh, oh, yeah. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> and you know what? They could do Home Alone too. They oh, What they need to do is, yeah. The Netflix series and just bring one and two into each other and you just have like series one, series two. Because Tim Curry had a massive stroke. Yeah, he's not well. Yeah. I don't know if he's still doing like some voice work, Mm. but he's he's unable to act. But he might be able to to do it for the Home Alone remake. But you know what? Like that would work so well in a dark comedy. But also, people are CGIing people into films. Mm. I think they're making a new film with James Dean in it, who's been dead for like 50 years. When people passed away in Star Wars, they mm. were just CGIing them in, and it looks great. 1990. And by the way, Timmy, very close. Mm. That's an eight well, in a one one year. You're off. Well, yeah, I was I was just born, so I know I, my dad loved the movie, so he'd rent them for us every weekend, mm. and uh, we would watch them. But yeah, I remember thinking, "Oh, Macaulay Culkin's around my age," but because the film came out earlier, we yeah, that's how he's ten years older than me, which makes sense. I love that tweet. Do you feel old? It's like, no, nah, like yeah, you're yeah, forty. Yeah, it makes. Like that. That's an old movie. Mm. <laughs> now with the CGI, mm. Tim. Uh, in Gladiator, 
Oh, yes. Uh, Oliver Reed, I'm just looking up because I couldn't remember his name. Oliver Reed died halfway through filming that. And he was a big character. Yeah. And they were like, well, we're going to need to reshoot everything. Mm. And someone goes, no, 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 no. What we'll do is we'll just CGI his face onto every scene that we haven't filmed yet. And you can, if you watch it again, you can kind of tell sometimes, but they did a brilliant job yeah. of that. And so, that was a while ago as well. Oh, so. mate, I think that was the first kind of film to do something like that. Mm. So obviously with, the, uh, with Carrie Fisher in uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars yeah. that's, what, that's the technology that they've used. Gladiator was like 20 years before that. And uh, one best picture. Mm. Although there is a shot that they didn't CGI because I believe Russell Crowe's wearing a Rolex in one of the scenes. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Go to the effort of spending <laughs> millions of dollars to CGI someone's face onto another actor. Yeah. Can't remove your Rolex. Not as bad as when Game of Thrones left a Starbucks coffee cup on the table of a scene. Yeah. And I believe it went to air on HBO and then fans were outraged and they ended up editing it out somehow. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what, you know, you know, we're a part of movie magic sometimes. We play around with special effects and we pre-record and drop things in and it's a lot of fun. Mm. But man, I love talking films. Should we have a, a sister podcast that's just... Talking sport. Talking talk film. Talking film. Talking film telly, talking Macaulay Culkin. Mm. Or should we just do a... You know, there's a, some guys, I think in New Zealand, that uh, they do a podcast once a week. And they watch the same film for a year every day. And it's always a bad film. Yeah, you told me about that not long ago. Oh, you That's like torture. Yeah. Um, it's a quite a popular <laughs> podcast. So they just talk about the film over and over again, but they, they watch it every single mm. day for a year. I think the podcast is called Worst Idea Ever. <laughs> I'm not sure what film they're doing, but maybe they could do Home Alone. Mm. Maybe. Now, we should uh, talk about what we're actually here to talk about, and that's body surfing. That is right. This is the Body Surf Podcast, and we've got a huge guest on the show. Uh, Purveyor of Stoke, all the way from America, we caught up uh, not too long ago, and uh, this is what went down. Hold on, I can't hear you. Could just be me, though. It's probably me. There you go. You should have me now. Can you hear me? Mm, How about now? Hello. Well, shit. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. I you hear got you. me? You got me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Testing. One, two, three. Hello. Welcome to the Body Surf Podcast. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Now, I want to ask you straight up. You have one of the best Instagram handles going around in the body surfing community. What was the inspiration befo- behind uh, uh, your, your Instagram handle? Oh, my gosh. Well... Let me tell you what I was before. Um, I was El Porto chick. And <laughs> El Porto is a surf break right in front of my house. Mm-hmm. And it's like one that I frequent often. And then chick, well, you know, like I was identifying as a chick at the time. And I realized at one point in time that didn't work anymore. And um, so I switched it over to Purveyor of Stoke, mostly because I was just saying to everybody, like stay stoked or stoked to see you or just stoked in the water. And it just so happened to be that uh, that handle was taken or that I could take it. Yeah. So here we are. Nice, nice, nice. Now you are probably best known by the Body Surf podcast listeners as one of the winners of Wave of the Week. 
It was a great photo. Were you able to track down Uger and get um, some Kiel swimwear? Why, yes, I was. And the funny story about that is I really wanted uh, some of the uh, Belly Slater Kiel's. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have my size. Oh. However, um, I was able to get to, to score some keels from Uga, and I was like, I don't even know what size I am. And Uga's like, Well, you know, like, how tall are you? And there's the metrics, and we're an American. I was like, mm. You know what? I think I'm cute boy size. <laughs> And, and, and what's Corey? Comfort. Corey would be about a small or a medium, I'm guessing. He's a small. Yeah, yeah okay. Because I'm small. Yeah. And they're the best fitting pair of budgies I've ever worn. Oh, yeah. So. And the quality is incredible. I know it sounds like we're just giving them a plug, but they are really comfy and they're really durable. Perfect for body surfing. They're durable. They don't stretch. Uh, like I have Speedos and after a while they just get stretched yeah. out and... It's it's really fantastic. They're my favorite pair to body surf in. I'm so glad that we were able to ship them over to you because I think not many Americans would have a pair of keels. Uh, highly unlikely. And not very many, not very many Americans wear like any mm. sort of budgies at all. So we're all, we're all board shorts. Whereabouts in America are you? So I live in Manhattan Beach. And um, that's like five minutes away from LAX. And the most famous surf break by my house is El Porto. Yep. Um, and I usually travel a little bit farther south, about a mile to the Manhattan Beach Pier. And that's my home break. Awesome. Awesome. And you mentioned that not many people wear the old sluggos. Do a lot of people body surf in, in I guess, board shorts or wetsuits? What's the apparel like over there? Well, I would say not a lot of people body surf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's mostly surfers and they're, and we're mostly in wetsuits. Uh, so let's see. Lately, the air temp, so it's 90 degrees, give or take right now. So what is that? Like 30 degrees yeah, Celsius? Yeah, it's pretty warm. <laughs> okay, yeah. But the water is usually in the, in the 60s in Fahrenheit. So like not super, super warm. Mm. And so most people will surf in like three twos or spring or long, long sleeve spring suits. Um, and I've only been chunking it for like the last week or so. So it's like <laughs> very small window. You just sent me a photo uh, of yourself relaxing on the beach. Was that Manhattan Beach? Yeah. Yeah. It, looked, it looked lovely. Did you jump in the water and have a quick body surf? Of course I did. Uh, <laughs> it was a little high tide, so it was a little tough, but okay. I have a lunch tray that I used for the high tide, and that thing, it catches everything. What so, was that, sorry? I have a lunch tray. Oh, it's yes, like, yes, uh, yes. The old sleigh tray, we call them. Have you, did, right. did you steal this from a cafeteria, or did you buy it? So, I was given this particular one that I use today. I have a few that I've stolen, um, <laughs> but this one actually comes from some fast food restaurant in the Heathrow airport. Mm. A friend gave it to me and said it was the absolute best, and I agree with him. It's fiberglass instead of plastic, and it's fantastic. Yeah, right. I wonder if In-N-Out Burger have any sort of hand-boarding uh, trays that could work. Are you a fan of the In-N-Out Burger being from the West Coast? Man, it's the most overrated burger. 
Oh, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's, it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, um, I bet. I grew up. I grew up down here, and I grew up eating in and out. And a double double animal style was my thing. Mm. Um, but honestly, there's better burgers out there. What's and, what's your go to uh, burger? What's your favorite burger now? Well, shoot. So right, I'm vegan. Okay. So um, Monty's burger is like my favorite. Uh, as far as like a vegan, unhealthy, just <laughs> sloppy burger that like ends up all over your face kind of situation. Um, so I'm a little biased to that, but I think that for me personally, like if I had to go with like one of the best burgers in town, oof, it wouldn't be a fast food restaurant. Mm. That's the thing. It and would I be, um, uh, there's this place called Urkeley's in Manhattan Beach, and they have the best burgers in town. And it's it's like a massive slab of meat on a on a on a piece of bread, and it's fantastic. I guess being a vegan now, though, your options for burgers are different, and you're probably experimenting with different styles of burgers. Maybe opting for a mushroom burger here and there. Yeah, mushroom. Uh, I do a lot of Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat. Yep. Um, but honestly, the burger is all about the flavor anyway. Mm. So if you put some good condiments on it, it's all good. Condiments definitely make or break a burger. We have a place here in Newtown in Sydney that do, it's like a vegan butcher and their, their burgers are quite good, but the mustard is the thing that makes their burger amazing. So I guess if you're, if you're putting the right stuff on it, it's going to taste pretty nice. Exactly. So let's talk about how you actually got into body surfing. You mentioned not many people in your area are into it. They're more into the stand-up surfing. How did you come to find body surfing? Funny question. Um, I was dating a girl and she wanted to learn how to surf. Hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'll teach you how to surf because I used to stand-up surf. I used to longboard primarily got her a little softy and I pushed her into waves and I just picked up a pair of fins so I could go chase after her afterwards. Mm. Right. And then I realized, Holy hell, this is fun. <laughs> and I just started body surfing from there. And I realized that I had way more fun body surfing and I got way more tube time body surfing <laughs> than I ever did longboarding. And yeah. it was an easy switch from there. Yeah. Nice. And when you sort of made that transition into body surfing from stand up, were you, were you on um, a foam longboard or a, a fiberglass longboard before that? So yeah, so I used to surf just like a regular old nine foot single fin, just like a big old log cruiser, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I just switched over, and it, it's it's kind of a different mentality in a longboard. You can just kind of chill and cruise and take off super early and just ease into a wave, but with body surfing, it's just much more critical. Mm. And I think I like that a lot better. And when you sort of got into body surfing, um, who were you inspired by and were you able to find like a bit of a, a community or other people that were into it as well? So for a while, I was body surfing by myself and I was only hand planning at the time. Hand boarding, hand yep. plating, I'm not sure. but We've had a we'll debate say. about it. I think hand boarding was the preferred term but um a few people yeah i don't know it, I, is there like we, i'm looking at a few boards here and 
there is a difference between a board and a plane, but we can't really define it. <laughs> I don't know what the definition is, but I'll just say hand planning for now. Um, and the reason why is because I used to, and I still do from time to time, I ride and enjoy hand planes. And this guy, Ed Lewis, who's down in Encinitas, makes these fantastic hand planes that are uh, completely like recycled or sustainable and um he sells them through patagonia down here and it's really fantastic so i used to just go out with a hand plane by myself and just cruise around and slowly but surely was getting into bigger and bigger waves and uh one day i found myself at manhattan beach pier on a big northwest swell in the winter and i realized there was a handful of dudes uh body surfing and i was like holy shit I've never seen any other body surfers out here. <laughs> and I realized that there's actually a body surfing club. And um, this club is called the Gillis Beach Body Surfing Association. And they're, they claim to be the oldest body surfing club in the world. Wow. So they were established in 1964. And um, a, the median age is probably double my age of the <laughs> body surfing members. But uh, I made a I made friends with a handful of them, and ever since then I've been body surfing with the crew. Wow, 1964. I think I think we've got some crews that are maybe older than that. But as you mentioned, uh, a lot of the members in in that that group are, are a bit older than yourself. We've got a, a group of guys similar. They're called the All Season Body Surfers. I've never seen them body surf. They've got great they've got great merchandise, but I reckon most of them are in their maybe sixties or seventies. They're just a bunch yeah. of old blokes that that love hanging out and getting in the water, and it's great to see. But yeah, I wonder I wonder what the actual uh, oldest body group uh, body surfing group is, or the, you know. Because um, the sport apparently has been around forever and um, it's got a rich history here in Australia, but I think especially in places like Hawaii and even California, it's been around for so long. So I wonder when people started doing it together rather than just by okay. themselves. Yeah, so that's really cool. So do you body surf with them frequently? Uh, almost every day. Wow, wow. So you must feel very close to the beach, but you've also got a really cool um, van, I believe, that you take around and scope out some really nice spots. How's the van yeah. been going these days? Oh my gosh. It's a, a love-hate relationship with that van. Um, it's a 1985 Vanagon, um, Westphalia edition, and I absolutely love it when it's working properly, <laughs> but more often than not, something breaks down and it's like a pain in my ass. Yeah. But, uh, lately, so I've driven it only up and down the coast of California. Yep. Um, but hopefully it'll be robust enough to take to Mexico all the way up into Washington and beyond. Wow. So, that's exciting. And, um, yeah, so you've you've been body surfing for how long do you think it's been since you started? Ooh, um, I mean, oh, that's my dog. <laughs> uh, so I body surfed as a kid, but you know, like when you jump into whitewash and you don't really know what you're doing. Um, but I would say body surfing. Uh, let's see. Hold on one sec. That's all good. <laughs> Sorry, he's hungry. Be 
right. Sorry about that. That's Hopefully okay. You What's your dog's name? Um, so we were talking about how long I've been body surfing. Uh, probably about eight years. Oh, like, wow. Religiously yep. body surfing. Um, and I didn't start co- really competing uh, until about three years ago. And what sort of competitions have you been going in? So... Uh, last year was the first year that there was the California body surfing tour and it's comprised of a handful of competitions from, um, Ventura, Santa Cruz, um, Huntington beach, uh, San Clemente, I think, and a couple others. And so last year I kind of did as many of the tour dates as I could. Mm. Oh, Malibu is one of them. Nice. And then there's also the world championships in Oceanside every year. So those are the ones that I've competed in thus far. And, and also the slide fest in San Clemente. Yep. I did that a couple years. Oh, nice. Both were really fun events. And um, how, how do you perform in competition settings? Um, well, I either don't make it past the first round. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, normally it's this is the weirdest thing. I'm usually like number one in those early rounds. And then when it comes to the finals, I don't know what happens. Maybe it's the conditions, maybe it's me, but I like in general end up in third place. Okay. I would say out of the 10 times I've competed, I've come away with like one first place and the rest third place. <laughs> now, yeah. we, we, we're sort of just starting to get into body surf competitions. It's not really a big thing over here, but we've got a few. Um, and it, we, we often have international guests, generally the Defin guys from Hawaii come over. Have you ever thought about traveling over to Australia and taking part in some of our bigger events? 100%. That'd be so cool. Especially now with our current political climate i'm ready to leave <laughs> oh man uh but not talk about politics no i would love to i would love to travel to body surf i think for me i'm still a novice even though i've been body surfing for a handful of years um i'm really only familiar with my local breaks and so one big thing for me is to go like i want to be in Basque country i want to head out to australia i've been to hawaii once i would love to go back i'd love to go to puerto um, just to expand my experience and my wave knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, you probably won't be able to get over here or anywhere for a while with, with what's going on in the world right now. Have you been, I guess we all have been affected, but how have you personally been affected by the COVID-19 virus? You know, it's been pretty interesting here in LA. Um, we're, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because, Los Angeles in general is like a giant expansive county and Manhattan beach is just a small enclave. And I would say in my neighborhood and where I am at, it's relatively, I hate to, I hate to use the word normal, but it's relatively unaffected other than like, I wear a mask when I go walk my dog or I wear a mask when I head to the beach, Mm. but I've still been able to surf. I've still been able to do what I need to do. And, I'm a teacher, so I've been able to like work remotely. And so all in all, I'd say I'm pretty lucky. Mm. Um, One thing that I've found is really difficult, at least when we had certain beach closures, was finding this balance between, uh, you know, being selfish, essentially, like doing the things that I know that I love that bring me joy, but then also being a responsible citizen. And Mm. I think everybody here has had to make that decision in one way or another. 
And unfortunately, I feel like we're all really selfish, mm. um, which is why we're having a little bit of a problem here. You mentioned wanting to, to flee the country due to the current political climate. I, I generally like talking politics with all our American guests just to, to try and get their perspective and, and see what's going on. Um, you're, you're coming up to an election soon. It sounds like Joe Biden's going to give Trump a bit of a run. Um, how do you see things playing out in the, the next election? Do you think uh, Trump will be able to get a second term or is he out of there? Um, my personal opinion is I hope that he's out. Um, I never really wanted him in the first place. Um, but honestly, I think that our country has a lot of issues that we're just now bringing to the surface. And no matter who the politician is, those issues are going to remain. And so there's got to be some other type of upheaval. It's not going to be just electing someone who's more liberal. It's not going to be just putting in different Supreme Court judges. It's really got to be an upheaval of the system that um, has challenged the way we live. And mm. so there's a lot of uncertainty around here. I'm here for it. I'm excited, but it's also scary as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, a lot of people joke about wanting to leave and, and move to Canada or, or Australia or even I think some people were even making jokes about wanting to move to Mexico um, based on the relationship Trump had with Mexico. I think one of his election promises was to put up a wall and, and now people are sort of saying, hey, I think it's probably better off we go to places like that. So you, you make the joke that it might be good to get out of there, but at the moment, I can see your window. It looks like a lovely sunny day in California. The beach looked amazing. Um, over here, we're stuck in a pretty cool winter and uh, it's been hard to get in the water. When when it cools down in, in California, does it does it even cool down? And, and are you still able to surf in the colder conditions when winter comes around? Honestly, it's like winter year round. Oh, okay. Um, it's only for a few weeks in August and maybe September that it's warm enough to go without a wetsuit. Okay. And even then, it's a tad bit nippy. Um, sometimes in the winter, so let's say middle of December, January, the water temp will be in the low 50s. I'm not sure what that is in Celsius, but the air temp will be in the 40s. Okay. And so it's not pleasant by any means. I'm in like a 4-3 with three millimeter booties and gloves and a cap and just make it work because yeah. it's worth it. Cause the winter waves are way better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of swell comes through in winter for sure. Now we should talk a bit more about body surfing and I want to ask you one, do you have a floppy bucket? Do you know what a floppy bucket is? And, and if you do, what's in it? I've been dying for this question. Um, <laughs> I do have a bucket. It's not floppy. It's firm. <laughs> okay. And uh, it depends on the season. So I would say in general, I've got a pair of yucca fins. Nice. Um, the standard flex are my favorite. I've got a wetsuit of some sort, typically a 4-3. Um, and honestly, all my other wetsuits are torn up. So only the 4-3. And I change in a towel. And I might bring a hand plane or a lunch tray depending on the tide. So what sort of hand planes do you have? Uh, well, I've got a small quiver. My favorite is the Enjoy. Um, and I've got, it's like an, it's a fish and it's um, upcycled or recycled surfboard, essentially. Mm. Um, that's by far my favorite hand plane to ride. 
but I also have a couple of wooden hand planes. Um, one of them from Dutch hand planes in San Clemente. He's a really awesome guy. Um, a couple of random guys have started making hand planes. Just sent me a few. I've got this one. It's got like two fins on it and it's super buoyant. And the thing like rips off my arm anytime I wipe out, if I don't tuck it, it's a little <laughs> dangerous, but, uh, I feel like it's almost like a Ben way. It's just like one of those that you just have to have, but if you don't know how to use it, you could hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time I just have an enjoy in my, in my bucket. And then I have just my regular old lunch tray. You uh, seem to be a big fan of the lunch tray. I don't really know anyone that, that uh, exclusively rides a tray. Some people sort of do it as a joke. Um, but I, I have seen people sort of doing some mods and adding fins to them. Do you, ha do you have just a standard tray? Have you put a strap on it? How, how does yours look? So my one lunch tray, I have two of them. I used to have three, but I broke one because it happens. Um, but my standard tray that I go out with, it's just a normal, like unmodified lunch tray that someone gave me. Um, and it's just a lunch tray out of a fast food restaurant at the Heathrow airport. <laughs> um, and it's fantastic. It's really fast. It trims fantastic. I just put a little bit of wax on it and it's not very buoyant. So it works really, really well. Wow. Um, I also have a tray board. I don't know if you've heard of that company, but they're out of Newport beach, but they, um, take, you know, your normal plastic trays and put fins on the bottom mm. of them. I think that board's fantastic, except it needs a little bit of push because the fins oftentimes cause a little bit too much drag. And so there's a little bit more friction and I can't go as fast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So when you ride in competitions, like I know Slide Fest is a handboard competition. So what did you use in that comp? I used the Enjoy and unfortunately the waves are super mushy. And so that wasn't the best. I probably could have gone with a Grom and done a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have a Bula from hand planes oh, or yeah. from slide, I mean, and it works like in really steep hollow conditions, but we only get those a handful of times where I'm at. So it's, it's, I, I don't use it very much. Yeah. I, I always think that like you need a big, selection of hand boards or hand planes i'm not a big handboard guy i normally go out freestyle but i always have stuff loaded in the back of the car and based on the conditions like i'll make my decision sort of like a golf caddy i'll be like okay i might need the grom because it's a bit sloppy out there and that will help me stay afloat and all that sort of stuff or if it's big you might go for something a bit smaller like the buller as you said so it is fun sort of making those decisions but at a competition level i guess when uh you you might not really know the beach that well i guess yeah it's hard to sort of pack for that have you ever used uh, a tray in a competition uh no i haven't <laughs> and for most of my competitions i and primarily i sur i body surf freestyle as well so even though i started with the hand plane i've digressed from that mm. and been a little bit all natural if you will um <laughs> so yeah i haven't really i haven't gone to the tray in competition yet but 
who knows? Maybe there will be a ton. That would be cool. That would be cool. Now, you are a big deal on, on Instagram. We often see some great surf shots, but also some other interesting things. It seems like you're quite an, an activist as well. Um, and obviously, with some, some really big things going on in the States at the moment, you're, you're very up to date with all of that and you're, you're fighting the good fight. However, I noticed a, a, an interesting photo on your Instagram that sort of looked out of place recently. I believe you were dressed up as Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Tell us about um, this photo. It's a, it's a classic. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, uh, was it this last Halloween? I think my partner and I, we always do just like, you know, partner uh, costumes. Mm. And one year we were Pebbles and Bam Bam. <laughs> Another year we were Dick Tracy and Breathless Mahoney. And this particular year, um, I had just gotten top surgery and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to paste some body hair on my chest. <laughs> I'm going to be Kenny Rogers and she's going to dress up as Dolly Parton. And I think that last the photo that I posted on my story was just uh, a little throwback to that night. Nice, nice. Please tell me there was a karaoke machine somewhere at the party and you were able to sing Islands in the Stream. 100%. And if you go through my, if you go through my feed and if you like kind of scroll back a year or two, actually, I think it was two years ago, um, there's a video of us lip syncing that song and I'm strumming the guitar. <laughs> nice. uh, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Good stuff. Now, you've been involved in body surfing for eight years. You've got a nice uh, community. It sounds like you've got uh, in contact with a bit of a club there and you, you're entering competitions and, and performing really well. What's next for you in the sport? Where, where would you like to take it and what, what are you trying to do within it? Oof, that is such a loaded question, even though it's not meant to be. Um, I think personally for me, first of all, I want to travel. So you mentioned going to places like going to Wampoff and, or at least the camp that y'all do. Yeah. I'm like dying to go hang out and drink beers on the sand in a crusty <laughs> tent or something like that. So I want to travel. I want to see more breaks. Um, and then on a personal level, outside of just seeing new waves and bigger waves and better waves. Um, for me specifically, I think body surfing is a very like gendered sport. Hmm. And so a very binary sport, there's a men's division, a women's division, and I identify as transgender and I identify as non-binary. And so this past year I've competed in the women's divisions um, just because that seemed to fit. I'm not on any hormones or anything. So there's not like a, a, advantage that way, I guess. Uh, but it just seemed to fit because I knew all my competitors and I reached out to them and kind of we're like one big family and we all know each other. So it, it worked out. Um, but for me, I think in the upcoming years, since we haven't had any competitions this year, I'm assuming we'll have some next year, hopefully. Um, you know, I think for me, I'm trying to expand either working to create more inclusivity around transgendered athletes, especially in gendered sports. Um, but for me, and I might also just mean competing in the men's division and trying to take it on with like the best of the best. I'm 36. So that puts me in the realm of like all the heavy hitters in the body surfing community. So we'll see. That's, that's really, really cool because absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that most of the guests we've had on the, the podcast have been male. 
Um, it, there definitely is that division where it's it's the male division or the female division. Um, are we working towards maybe having an open division where it's just a free for all and it doesn't matter? You just can g- just compete as a body surfer. I absolutely love that idea, and I think body surfing is one of those sports that it depends less on musculature or athleticism and more about wave knowledge and style and aesthetic. And I think a lot of female body surfers and also non-binary or non uh, or transgender body surfers in that respect, you know, can definitely carry their own. Mm. I mean, there's some beautiful body surfers out there and both male and female and everywhere in between. And in a competition, it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, I think it just depends on your style and your grace, your wave knowledge, being able to take off in the most critical part of the wave. And all that doesn't matter what your gender is. Mm. Yeah. And one of the good things about our, uh, our womp off competition that you mentioned that we run here each year, um, it's a, it's a team competition. So as long as you've got 10 people, it doesn't matter who they are. They can be young, old, female, male, whatever. Um, as long as you make up a team, you're ready to compete and, and those sort of things are somewhat overlooked. So um, it's only when you get into those more official competitions where they start to have different divisions for different age groups and things like that. Um, at Slide, when you competed at Slide, were you in the – so you were in the female Opens? Yeah. So it's funny because in female, it's always the open division because mm. there's never enough competitors to have age divisions, yeah. right? So it's like 18 to – you know, in crutches essentially. And so, um, yeah, I was in a women's division there, but then there's also this competition, uh, it's called Chubascos. It's in Huntington beach and it's by the Chubascos body surfing club. And they have like your normal men and women's in a freestyle body surfing comp. But then they also have a second day that is a purely handboarding and it's open. Mm. So I got to compete against a lot of the guys that a lot of the Hawaiian guys and, and a lot of people in an open division, which was really fun. Mm. Um, I got kicked out in the semifinals, but it was nice to kind of advance against some dudes yeah. that are heavy hitters. Absolutely. Uh, we're both getting a bit older and I'm sort of looking forward to competing in the over 45 event because I always think that's sort of the one to watch because they're the, the people that have been doing it for a long time. They know what they're doing and as you said, like body surfing isn't all about your, your muscular strength. It's not about that sort of stuff. So you can be an older guy and still have a great knowledge of the water and also just be a very skilled rider. So I'm looking forward to getting a bit a bit dustier and jumping in that over 45 competition. So it's not too far away for us. Uh, it's not far away at all. And the one thing I worry about though is that as my skill face grows so do my competitors yeah. and so they're just going to be equally as good if not better yeah. so there's always there's always something to compete, compete against thank you so much for having a bit of a chat with us today i know it's been hard to work out the time difference and everything but i think we worked it out and it, it went it went really well um you have been listening to the podcast for a while i know we talk a lot of gibberish and we sometimes talk about our inclusive sort of group of people that are in our local area and we're trying to get out there and meet people from all across the world so it's great that we can check in with you all the way over in LA right now um as a as a a loyal listener and a a competition winner would you like to do the sign-off for us why yes I would Who's starting it off, though? Are you starting it off? All right. I'll, 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 yeah, I normally say something silly like, all right, we've got to get out of here. We'll do it all again real soon. But for now.
It's always overhead when your body's surfing. You. <laughs>